Welcome to another episode of the Padriff Podcast. I'm joined by Shumi, Shumar, Shubhabrata, Mar, Mar. I don't know how many names does this man have, but today we're going to talk about a very interesting topic, and I think it's the right time to talk about this because India Bike Week is around the corner, and the topic for today is group riding. Shumi, have you ever been a group rider? Yeah, I'm going to say I have been a group rider, not always by choice. Right. I mean, I have been a group rider as well, but I think uh, more recently I've started enjoying my rides alone. Solo rides is something that I look really look forward to. I have a better answer. Uh huh. I am a group rider hmm. who's still looking for his group. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's not a joke. See, what I believe is group riding works best when hmm. you're with people who ride the way you do. Exactly. People who you know. in terms of how they ride their motorcycles how fast do they go and what kind of things they do and that allows you to settle in and ride like you normally would rather than ride in a way that is acceptable for that group which is not your natural anymore and therefore everybody is riding in a way that they don't normally do confidence levels fall hmm. mistakes happen and we know that group ride crashes are the funniest because it's not always one guy <laughs> usually yeah. takes out a couple more right hopefully they don't get seriously hurt it's more embarrassment and laughs than anything else but group riding has issues and they need to be sorted absolutely india bike week is around the corner which means a lot of these biker groups from all across the country are going to make their way to goa uh, we as well as padrift are going to be riding in a group uh, we had a small discussion today on you know the the kind of things that we need to follow in order to when riding to goa and back as well why don't we start off with the basics how do you go about planning for a group ride well the first thing if you're riding in a group like padrift's group is that you have to ride in a group while you're passing people in other groups because obviously we are faster i mean we are part of right? you you need to dab on that <laughs> <laughs> uh, dab is this thing yeah, right yeah. Uh, okay so this thing uh, no so the 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 first thing that you need to understand about a group mm-hmm. right is that it's not the same as you on your motorcycle with luggage going on tour because the schedule is no longer your schedule it's everybody's schedule and it has to match okay so for me the hygiene starts with when the departure time is decided mm. as a group then it has to be adhered to so that everybody can leave on time there's no point in people showing up on a muggy morning uh, all gear and then there's like one loser who's just never yeah. there yeah. and when this guy arrives his tire pressures are not right or his chain is still to be lubed or he's not filled up gas yeah. to me i would like to begin a group ride and this is what the discussion we had today you show up in the morning ready to go that's yep. motorcycle rider equipment and bags hmm. so the motorcycle needs to have oil fuel chain needs to be lubed and tight all of those things in place yeah. the luggage needs to be sorted you don't have to you shouldn't be adjusting bungee cords in the morning you shouldn't need to do it it should be done when you leave home right your gear should be ready to go you don't show up and say who's got your plugs uh, can i borrow a pair of gloves from someone my zipper is broken this is all stuff that happens the previous day it does not happen on the day of your ride right yeah mentally you are ready for that day's work because look at it like this in 99% of group ride cases a 7 hour ride will become a 10 to 14 hour ride depending on the 100% group. yeah 100% so it's not the same as usual you are going to spend more time on the road today covering the same distance yeah. you are going to deal with the fact that people work at different paces yeah there'll be people like me i am practically a military man when i'm on a motorcycle and everything runs to a some sort of a schedule yeah. but there are other people like akshay for example who rides to go really fast and then likes to take really long breaks yep. so if i and akshay have to ride together we have to resolve a way to ride which yeah. works for me and works for him yeah. the more people you add the yeah. more complexity this creates yeah i think you're getting back to group riding after how long 
No, we as a journalist, you're eventually always riding in a group, right? Yeah. I mean, even at the Funny Gali V2 launch, yeah. uh, at the end of the day, we all exited pit lane together, and in that sense, there was some amount of group, group etiquette riding, that had yeah. to be kept. Yeah. Uh, if you go for a launch and you have a road ride, you always have a lead and a sweep in the middle of whatever you're trying to do with the motorcycle in terms of photography or testing. Yeah. You're still in a group, and mm. you do have to respect somebody who's faster than you needs to be get, able to get ahead of you. Yeah. Because as far as I can tell, no manufacturer ever gives out a trophy for being the fastest journalist on the launch. Yeah, yeah, and I hope they don't never do. <laughs> uh, a, I'll never win. B, it's pointless. Uh, <laughs> two. Uh, the idea of a group ride is when more than one motorcycle is involved, period. That's where it is. Right. Yeah. And you need to understand it natively. So yeah. if you and I have a great sync, we ride yeah. motorcycles a lot together and we ride the same way. Yeah. Then technically I ride the way I ride and you ride the way you ride and it's not that much of a group ride. Yeah. Because I remember a ride to Hyderabad when we had gone for the PD Army meet. Yeah, it was brilliant, right? It was brilliant. I mean, uh, the maps were showing a good... 10 hours or something from yeah. Pune to Hyderabad yeah. and we did it in about 7.5 or 8. Yeah. That does not necessarily mean we were riding fast or going. We were doing a very steady pace, very limited time off the motorcycle, That's quick uh, food breaks, stuff yeah. like that. That's it. So, funny thing, I got back to group riding. You call it group riding more than one more than one rider is when a group is formed, right? Yeah. I got back to group riding when I rode with you after a very long time. Yeah. And it was fun because that's where I understood your style of riding as well. That's probably where you understood my style of riding yeah. as well. And it was just a fantastic ride. Yeah. So the thing is that group riding, unfortunately, there isn't a lot of data available which talks about the Indian situation. Right. So you're reading European or American content on mm. how to ride in a group. Right. And there is good data in there. No, no two ways about that. But you have to remember, a driver in Europe who's coming up on a group of motorcycles is basically going to allow you to do whatever you want to because you're vulnerable. Right. You're on a motorcycle and you're occupying space. Yeah. They will be upset with you. Yeah. They'll be angry at you. But very rarely will this turn into road rage yeah. or a show of force. Right. So you can run formations. Yeah. You can spend your life doing PT exercises on your bike mm. with like a legion of drivers waiting behind you and it's not going to catch up to you in any significant form. Yeah. India is not that place. So we have to adapt what they know about group riding to what we should be doing given our particular situation. Yeah, I think the value as well in international countries goes more to a pedestrian then goes to a cyclist Correct. then goes to a motorcyclist and then someone who's driving a car 100% so yeah. you have the advantage of yeah. that structure which is yeah. taught so well yeah. and adhered to so closely to be able to have the privilege of wanting 50 bikes to do 30 kmph in the fast lane mm. so that a photographer can get a great shot mm. India is not that place at all. The ST bus behind you is going to want to be in your photograph ideally yeah. because you're just taking up space and time and wasting his hours. Right. Yeah. So the first thing that we started riding in groups in overdrive, I think, and the first rule we made was you only need to see one guy ahead of you and one guy behind you. And that's the only rule there is. There is no question of you riding within 10, 12 feet of the other guy. There's right. no need. Hmm. In that sense, you're always an individual in a lot of space you need to see one tail light of your group in front mm. and you need to see one tail light behind. It's a brilliant rule. Uh, and it's not my rule. Somebody else created the rule. I think it was Bajoy's rule. Okay. But the idea is, if I can't see a tail light, uh, a headlight in my mirrors anymore, I have to slow, slow down, down to allow that guy to catch up. So the slowest guy controls the pace in that sense and he's right. never going to get left alone. Yeah. And at the same time, the guy ahead has the responsibility of keeping an eye out for me. Yeah. But I think in that case, a lot of people will complain and say that, you know, that kind of makes the whole ride a little slow and boring. But that's the that's the second part of being in a group. 
I mean, you have to be together. A group means you're riding together. You're one team. Yeah. You have to look out for each other and kind of figure out a way to suit everybody's riding styles. Yeah, exactly. So tomorrow we're going to go out to Goa in a, in a group of 16, 17 motorcycles. Uh, I am convinced that there will be people who are as fast as you or me. Yeah. There will be people who are like first or second year on a motorcycle, probably never been out on a highway, and are riding a really small displacement machine. Hmm. Right. we have to take care of them and it is the group's responsibility to go with you which is why to me the first question about group riding is do you really want to be in the group hmm. because what you are assuming and in terms of responsibility is the idea that if i have a crash this is the group that will help me get to help absolutely right absolutely. and conversely if this group has a problem it is my responsibility to get these guys to help yeah both ways right. and that is a difficult and a very important responsibility simultaneously right okay so tomorrow i am responsible for you yeah, yeah if something and so am i for for you and everybody else in the group yeah so you have to absolutely be sure that these are the people who you feel confident yeah. will get you to help yeah and if one of these guys has a problem hmm. legal medical mechanical hmm. you are going to take on the responsibility of helping him out it's a big decision to make it's not to be taken lightly yeah i have left group rides in the middle when i got uncomfortable with the way things were going on hmm. and it was for this reason yeah. i do not want to be here because these guys will not be able to get me to help right. and be they're riding like such when something does happen to hmm. them and at this rate it will hmm. i don't want to be there another thing that usually happens during these events and festivals is the fact that there are multiple riding groups on the road yeah and if you're riding a smaller motorcycle or your group's got a smaller motorcycle and there's a faster motorcycle or a faster group of motorcycles that overtake you you tend to get into a fist fight of sort trying to chase <laughs> them down and you know it it it, it happens it's it's it, it's happened in the past it's going to happen again this time around as well But uh, what do you have to say to th- those people? Grow up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the India Bike Week guys are not going to give you extra beer coupons exactly. because you showed up first, right? Yeah. So I mean, get over it, get on with it. I mean, and if your Enfield is faster than my Ducati, good, damn good, man, go for it and get to go and get it ready for me. I'm just. <laughs> around the corner i don't understand what why every motorcycle thing has to be about competing with someone yeah. especially out on a public road what difference does it make yeah absolutely and i think we were having this discussion as well in the morning where shumi gave us an insight of on how to get to goa safely faster more efficiently and there are certain rules uh, where i'm going to be the navigator for the ride you're going to be somewhere at the back and there's going to be ranjan who's our content guy who's going to be somewhere in the middle we're trying to handle the group and make sure that everybody stays together in a pack but there are going to be times where we're going to take a pee break or we're going to take a food break or we're going to take a fuel break as well so you had some interesting insight <laughs> on how to make it short sweet and efficient yeah so uh, the, the the thing about group rides yeah. is that the maximum time you waste is the time when the bikes are stationary yeah. it's not really what you're doing on the bike because the average speed if the whole group were to do a steady like military specific 30 kmph hmm. or 50 kmph or 100 kmph is not that great the difference is how are the brakes being taken who are taking the brakes and how do you use the time on the brake yeah yeah so first group rides are usually about fun so hmm. you do want to take it a little bit easy when you stop and that's hmm. fine what i my rules are very simple if the first guy stops to fill up hmm. then everybody stops to fill up yep. and the reason for this is if let's say you've got three ktms in the group with 10 liter tanks one guy fills up and the other guy says yeah i think i'm at half tank it means in the 70 kilometers Please that guy is going to stop to for gas up. again yeah. yep 
it's much easier to just have everybody line up, fill gas. Yeah, so I have a 20 liter tank on my Ducati. You're yeah. probably on the 200 tomorrow and that's another 17 liter tank. Yeah. But that burns gas quite a bit more than mine. But all of these problems are eliminated by the idea that if the 200 stops for gas, the multi stops for gas as well. And when we get to Goa, we the last thing we do is fill the bikes up again. Right. So that the first thing you don't do in the morning, suppose you decide to leave at 3 a.m., hmm. is go hunting for a fuel station. Yep. Yep. You get your first 150, 60 kilometers done in the morning in peace, mm-hmm. knowing that you already had gas in the tank the last night. Yeah. Because I think as the day progresses as well, when the sun starts to really shine on you, it starts of it kind of starts to get a little taxing on your body as well because you've been on the motorcycle for a few hours. The sun's shining bright. You're probably not drinking enough water if you yep. don't have an hydro pack. So I think this is a really good option to just get yeah. 150, 60 it's kilometers. It's the same also for uh, bio breaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody Absolutely. decides to go for a bio break? Everybody. Everybody goes for a bio break because again, you have 20 people and they want to pee on their own schedules. Yeah. You don't want to get anywhere. Yeah. yeah, we had one ride. I think uh, Harley Davidson called us to an IBW ride. Hmm. Uh, we didn't know at the time that we were riding with the owner's group hmm. and uh, journalists showed up at the uh, new Mumbai place. This is Mumbai. Mumbai, yeah. yeah. We got the motorcycles. Mm. I think you were on the same ride. No, I no, wasn't. Uh, Ashok was, uh, George was riding ah. my KTM. Okay. Uh, and uh, primarily because he was planning to ride an Impulse and I was like, Harley Davidson's Impulse, oh, better yeah, to take my yeah. KTM. So he was on the KTM. And then we realized there were owners here. Hmm. And uh, the way journalists ride because of how much we ride is very different from how an owner <laughs> rides because yeah. they're weekend riders, yeah. right? And no offense to weekend riders, but it's simply the fact that you don't spend as much time on a motorcycle as yeah. I do. So you're just not used to the activity, right? Right. When we crossed Pune and stopped at the usual McDonald's stop at Katraj, we were two hours ahead of the group. Wow. And that's wow. just here. We're not yeah. like even gotten out of like Bombay Pune, yeah. the urban wow. conurbation as it were, right? Then we started from there. There was a huge discussion about where to stop in Kolhapur, which ultimately settled at Nipani because Nipani doesn't require navigation. It's right on the highway. Yep. We stopped at that place. It's the first road trip ever where I slept with a motorcycle parked. Really? Yeah, because we were by that time four and a half hours ahead of the group. Uh, good afternoon nap. Yeah, so when uh, the first of the Harley Davidson official riders came in and we said, look, this doesn't make any sense because at this rate, we'll have spent more time waiting for the group than actually riding in the group. Yeah. And he says, do you think you can navigate to the hotel? We're like, yeah, we can. So we reached the hotel that night at, I think, 8 o'clock. The rest of the owners reached the hotel that night at 11. Wow. Now, to look at it like this. Like the owners has a good time because they stopped and they took their pictures and they yeah. did their group ride. Yeah. But for a journalist, yeah. this is a seven to nine hour run. Yeah. So, if you start at five, yeah. at five o'clock in the evening, you're already 12 hours on the road. Yeah. We would have reached by three. Yeah. Maybe yeah. two. Yep. Instead, we reached at eight. Yeah. But I think in all fairness to these group riders as well, I think for them, because they do an activity like this once in maybe a year, yeah. for them, it's leisure. Yes. But yeah. which is why I'm saying that at that point, you need to split off the groups. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So even tomorrow when we start riding, I'm new to the power drift system in the sense I haven't ridden with many of these boys so before. I mean, even I haven't. And yeah. you haven't either. Yeah. So if we figure out by the first fuel stop that there is a group of six that rides really fast and hard mm. and then another group of 11 that doesn't, yeah. I'm quite happy to split the group and say, you six go with Varun in the front and yeah. do your thing. This yeah. is where the fuel stop will be mm. roughly. Keep a marker out for us. Leave a bike on the road wherever you can see it. And the slow group, 
is between Ranjan and me and we do their pace. Yeah. I think you just said this thing about a marker, which is again a great point. I mean, usually when people pull in for a fuel stop or something, they'll pull in and, you know, uh, the latter part of the group, which is on the road, might usually miss out because you're not used to seeing the peripheral side of riding. Yeah. And that is a really good case where you put a marker, a motorcycle on the road. The last guy who probably pulls into a fuel station should have his motorcycle. It's usually the guy behind you as the leader. Okay. Ah, so right. if, if you're in front, the yeah. second guy is the... All, whoever the second guy is at that time right. is your marker. Right. So you will tell him that, okay, we're making a left here. You wait here and ensure that everybody goes left until the sweep. Hmm. Yeah. So in a group of six, you will automatically figure out what the last bike is. Yeah. And once the last bike goes past the marker, then the marker becomes the last bike. So you know hmm. who it is. Hmm. In a much larger group, there is an identifiable sweep. So for yeah. t- tomorrow, if we're riding together, yeah. I am identifiably the sweep because I am the multi with the sunlight on yeah. my motorcycle, right? Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a reference to my Bahas. So... Uh, um, and the idea is very simple. You give that guy a direct instruction to ensure the group does something so that you can continue to navigate. Yeah, so you say, we are taking a fuel stop here. You stop here on the side of the road and direct all the bikes in. And he will do that till he sees the sweep. Hmm. And when he does that, he will be the bike ahead of the sweep. Mm-hmm. And then whoever's running second next is the guy for the next instruction, which could be, okay, we are about to come to a circle and you need to ensure everybody takes the third exit, which mm. is effectively a right turn. Mm-hmm. It's his job to ensure that everybody up to the sweep takes the right. It's If I am the sweep, and then it's, he catches up with it's the my rest. job to positively indicate to him that I am the last bike, we are good oh, to go. Okay. So he can leave. It's yeah. a very simple system. It seems very complicated when, when I explain it like this, but on the road, on it's the road a brilliant it system. Yeah. Uh, I think Anand, when he runs Indy Motard stores, uses the same system. Uh, I have another friend, Josh, who uses the same system. We were riding with the Adriatic Motor Tour guys in uh, Croatia. The Adriatic yeah. in Croatia. They were using exactly the same system where yeah. I was markers and other people from the Redliners group who we were riding with were markers at some point. It's a very effective way to navigate complicated streets, yeah. even if the group gets split off. Right. So we have spoken about fuel stops. We have spoken about bio breaks. I think another quick addition to this will be food breaks. Yeah. Yeah. Food so, breaks, I think, uh, again, consume a lot of our time because each one's got an individual preference. Yeah. But I think today what we decided on giving one person responsibility, we make a kitty of sorts. Everybody who's riding together in a group yeah. spends an X amount of money yeah. for, uh, for water, for breakfast, for lunch. Yeah. And it's that person's responsibility to take care of food or water when we stop. Yeah. So basically, uh, if you ride in a group of seven and you want to maintain individual bills, then the cash counter has to make seven bills. Hmm. He has to take seven payments, give seven times change, then you leave seven tips. Complicated. It's much simpler for you to say, okay, everybody give, say, 150 bucks. Hmm. Here's our kitty. The kitty pays for all the food along the way. And look, if 7, 8, 10, 20 people are eating, even if one guy is the glutton of the group who orders 50 times the food as mm. the rest of it, when you get divided by 20 people, yeah, it's, it's, it's not be really that significant yeah. a change, right? But it does change the dynamic because you show up and it's one guy's job to ensure, oh, there's 20 people, 20 chais are ordered. Mm. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, and if the 20 chais becomes 20 chais and three cold drinks, yeah. it's fine. Somebody yeah. will drink those three extra teas. It's not really <laughs> going to go to yeah. waste, yeah? yeah. Uh, similarly, everybody, these many vegetarians, these many non-vegetarians, order the vada paws and order the keema paws and you're done, yeah? And he pays the bill. Once he realizes everybody's at the end of their meals, yeah. before they finish their meals, the bill is already paid, settled, tips are done, hmm. which means your job, as the rider in the group, it's just to get back, get there, eat your food, chill, take your selfies, yeah, do a bio break, which yeah. everybody showed at every food stop anyway. Yeah. Get back on the bike and go. Yep. The more time we save doing this, the more we can take it easy on the road. Absolutely, I think yeah, it's it's a good good thing to. So I think in a summary, you have kind of uh, spoken about uh, fuel breaks, you have spoken about bio breaks, and you've also spoken about food. Now when we get so what back, is left is riding. 
Yeah, what is left is riding <laughs> and we'll get back to that. Yeah. Uh, you know, in India, we have been on a lot of group rides. I was a part of a group before. And we have this concept of having a navigator. You have a concept of having a sweep, tailman and someone who stays in the middle. Yeah. What are these roles, essentially? So, the navigator's role, your role, yeah. is to set the pace for the group. Hmm. So, Sachin Chawan actually put it best. He says the pace needs to be 80% of the fastest guy. Hmm. So, they're, even they are not riding at their limit, but you're going fast enough to keep them engaged. But you modify the pace based on how the group is working. Right. So if you discover that 80% of fastest mm. is turning out to be a pace where the last four guys are just nowhere to be seen, mm. then it needs to be backed off. Right. And if it gets to a troublesome place where they're half an hour behind 45 minutes, then they need to be separated out into their own group. Mm. Because you don't want a group ride to become a situation where the fast guys are riding out of their skin because the navigator is going so fast. Mm. Or the, f the slow guys have to ride fast keep up with the group and they're completely out of their depth and they just don't have the skill to manage their speed for that long. Right. Because they just show up exhausted at the end of it and what's the point of that? Exactly. I mean, at the very minimum, you need to have the energy to go have a beer with your friends at the end, right? right. What's the point of right. doing all of this otherwise? Yeah. So the pace management is the navigator's job and it's a fairly complex job if you think about it. Yeah. Because you have to keep the fast part of the group and the slow part of the group happy yeah. and Together in their and comfort yeah, zones, yeah, most yeah, importantly. Yeah. See, if my natural pace is say 130, hmm. that's where I work best hmm. on a motorcycle. Hmm. That's where my sense of what's coming at me, reading the hazards, reacting to the hazard works best. Hmm. If you make me ride at 160, I'm not that efficient. If you make me ride at 40, I'm not that efficient either. Your job is to make as much of the group as efficient as possible as much yeah. of the time. It's complicated. And I think if uh, people are riding with a group for the very first time, I think in the first 50-60 kilometers, you just need to understand how the group's behaving in terms yes. of keeping distance from, from yeah. each other and what kind of pace the group is setting. Yeah. The guy in the middle actually has a relatively easy job. He's a placeholder that tells you where the middle of the group is. Mm. So you may not be able to see the sweep if it's a big group especially. Yeah. The middle gives you a sense of how far back is this group falling. A. B. He's the circuit breaker between the front group and the second group so that even if they get separated by a little bit of distance you know where the pack is at roughly right yeah ideally you're in constant communication with this guy and the sweep but it doesn't is not always required you can completely run this without walkie talkies or intercoms the sweep's job is to collect everything that is happening at the end of the group that's the slow riders anybody who has trouble people who can't wait any longer and need to go now for their bio break mm. Ensuring everybody departs from the food place, everybody arrives and parks properly at the food place. That's the sweep's job, yeah. which is why he arrives last and yeah. cleans up. Yeah. Essentially, what that also means is if there's someone at the front who's taken a stop, the sweep has to stop and make sure yes. and, and question or, you know, figure out what's yeah. wrong or what's right and then move along with him. Yeah. So essentially, a sweep cannot overtake anyone. You can if you know the group well enough. Okay. Okay. So for example, if you and I have been riding for a long time together and I know how you are on a motorcycle yeah. and you stop for a bio break, yeah. I'm not worried about you because I know you'll catch, catch up. Catch up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I will pull off the road, ask you saying hey, everything. Okay. Say, yeah, man, I just stopped for a pee. Hmm. Okay. You catch up to the group. Hmm. Yeah. Done. Hmm. And I don't need to stop for you. Yeah. But if a completely new rider yeah. has stopped, hmm. then I have to ensure that he catches up to the group or the group is aware that we, the two of us are really, really far behind. Yeah. And on a, on, on a public road, you know, you can't make big distances and big gaps. It's <laughs> yeah. very difficult to do. Yeah. So the group usually stays within touching distance of each other. It's right. very difficult to not, uh, to fall out of that pattern. Right. But that's the sweep's job. He is your cover everything and cover all the bases guy. Absolutely. Also yeah. with the navigator, I think, 
the the title is a navigator which means he should know the route really well or in have case, a gps yeah in case you don't uh, for for me i've been to goa multiple times by road and i think i know the route fairly yeah. well is when i know is when i don't know yeah. the route is when i'll pull out a gps but that's also a very critical part to how efficiently you can reach your destination if you don't know the road just pull out your uh, the, you know phone plug it on to a mount and make sure you use gps i I'd, i'd use a gps i'd use google maps for example anyway yeah and i do it constantly even when i'm going between bombay and pune which i do quite a bit oh okay it just gives you a sense of what's happening in terms of traffic ahead of you ah, so yeah. if there is a really long unexpected traffic jam coming up you can get the diversions going long yep. before the group reaches there then 25 u turns have to be pulled and then I you find a side street the google maps just interrupts that process and says hey look there's a huge unexpected traffic jam in front of you you can see that dark red line yeah. and you just start taking precautions early instead of having 25 things jammed and then somebody has the skill to make a really tight u turn somebody else doesn't and now you're in the middle of traffic trying to organize all of this yeah. much easier to just do it before yeah do yeah. you believe in hand signals uh when i'm talking yes on a motorcycle i don't think you really need them you know <laughs> but so i think there are a couple of yeah i mean no but i think there are a couple of them that really make sense for example if there's something that's suddenly popped up on the road like a random dog or a random cow or someone who's randomly crossing the street i think this sign you need something. that sign because you're too close to the guy in front so you can't see the dog on your dog see look yeah. i am willing to believe that everybody who rides with me tomorrow on the power drift ride is not blind yeah 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 I would like to believe that they are all functioning but adults but they're not skilled I think yes yeah. but I would like to believe that they are functioning functioning adults who understand yeah. how hazards have to be processed and yeah. I don't have to <laughs> hand hold them through this yeah yeah otherwise I might as well bring a spoon and start feeding everybody also at the yeah. food shop because hey I don't know how you eat <laughs> yeah yeah sure spotting a hazard on a motorcycle and taking precautions is basic motorcycle riding 101 mm-hmm. if you don't know that maybe you should not be on a group ride you should be in the backup car in the first place hmm. second the hand signal business comes from the fact that the europeans ride in formation and the formations are pretty close to each other and mm. the speeds are not high mm. but when you ride that close you're also blind to lots of stuff that's happening on the road right. and the real utility of saying there's a stone in the road or there's a cow about to enter the road or look at that car i think that guy's drunk or mm. on the phone or whatever mm. Mm. is the fact that you may not have spotted the hazard i can understand that if you are blinded by the fact that there are five motorcycles in your field of vision right but what i'm trying to get us to do is to spread out hmm. i may never come closer than 30 feet to your bike yep i might be very uncomfortable if you came within 10 feet of my bike with no intention of signaling something to me yeah. why the hell are you so close to me if you don't have a signal to give me yeah yeah in that situation i am completely leaving all your si- lines of sight open mm-hmm. why would i need hand signals anymore sure so you do need a hand signal to indicate maybe i am low on gas Oh ah, yeah yeah for yeah. sure yeah which is usually your thumb pointed yep. at the tank i understand that sign yep. i understand the basic of saying we need to stop yeah i can even understand the reinforcement saying my indicators on but we're making a right turn or a left turn mm-hmm. but the rest of it in a single line in a double line we're not in nursery anymore right yeah yeah and we are in a chaotic country which does chaotic things yeah. trying to put order because you read it on a website into that yeah. is just bad news yeah yeah my rule is you know how to negotiate traffic I also know how to negotiate traffic. Absolutely. We are far away from each other. Yeah. We can see each other. Yeah. You negotiate traffic the way you do. Yeah. And then I will negotiate the traffic the way I know best. Yep. So you use your skills whatever you've got and, and you, you let me use yeah. mine yeah. whatever I've got. Yeah. Now hopefully one of us is not a complete hmm. because if I pass a car too close and make him upset hmm. then his only way to retaliate is you. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're still behind. Yeah. And that's the problem with the India Bike Week riding day. a lot of these guys are not riding regularly and mm. they are making basic riding errors 
I'm not going to say it's a malicious thing. Yeah. Or it's a, I'm a man and these, this is how large my yeah. I'm just saying this is just stupidity happening. Yeah. Mm. And it's unconscious stupidity. <laughs> but if your group of 16, 17 people has gone through traffic making a mess of it. Yeah. Cutting people up and making them upset. Yeah. They are going to take it out on the next motorcycle yeah. group that I comes along. I think it's also credit that to lack of seat time. Because all these guys, Whatever. like I I'm said, once in a year, they sure. travel. Yeah. yeah, I'm just saying, think about it like this. From Bombay, Pune, maybe 600, 700 motorcycles will head towards Goa tomorrow and day after and on the morning of the 6th. Your responsibility, and it's a very serious responsibility, is to ensure that the traffic around you is comfortable with the idea of these many fast motorcycles being ridden by people who look like this hmm. down the road. Because the guy who comes next... Yeah. is also a representative of that same community. Hmm. And if you behave well, he gets the benefit of doubt. Hmm. But if you behave badly, that's the guy who's going to suffer. And yeah. this has happened. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe there was a group from Pune. And last they, year? Uh, last uh, year, last year. Two or three years ago. Yeah. And they came up on one of their riders being beaten up by the guys on the side of the road. And they sort of separated everybody and said, what the hell happened here? And he said, there was a guy who looked just like this, who messed with that vehicle. And then that guy oh. went into the ditch and something. And he's like, hey, he's not even part of my group. And the guy, then the villagers looked at him saying, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. You all look the same to us. You're wearing the same thing, the same helmet, the same jacket, the wow. whole thing. It looks exactly the same. I don't know what the hell you're on about. I'm going to beat this guy. And he just picked a random guy out of that crowd and started to thrash him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, I think that was a part of the news as well. The, my yeah, point is, yeah, yeah. what we do on the road tomorrow affects everybody who's coming behind. And oh, it yeah. also affects your idea of what a motorcyclist is. Yeah. And it's a very important thing. There are a thousand mountain roads in India which are almost off limits to motorcyclists primarily because of how we've behaved on the road in the past. Yep. Because we've not been considerate to the guys who live on that road, the guys who use that road for their livelihood, the guys for whom that is their daily commute. Yeah. You want to get your knee down and all these kicks, that's great. Do it with consideration. Consideration, yeah. Or take it to the racetrack, which is yeah. a welcome place to do yeah. this at. Yeah. I'm saying the same sensibility applies to group riding as well. You have to be nice so that people are nice to you. Hmm. Yeah, when the first guy goes past an ST bus and waves a thank you, hmm. he's much more amenable to the idea that hmm. I will stay in this lane and let 45 bikes go past. Go past, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely. but if you go past him, give him a stare, look over your shoulder and say, my way and all uh, of this yeah. ag aggravation. Yeah. What is his incentive to wait for the 45th bike to go through? Absolutely. Why the not. hell should yeah. we give a damn? Because he outweighs you by like 1600 yeah. times. And that is where road rage kicks in. And that's not a good thing to happen, especially when you're 45 in number. Yeah, so my point is, be nice to the people on the road because it is imperative that they let you go because no matter how fast your Hayabusa or GSXR or CBR is, their vehicles will kill you. Yep. <laughs> and you will be a small red smear and a dent on their vehicle. 100%. I think I would just like to add to this fact that you said about refueling. Um when you're in a group and you're planning a couple of days before the ride, figure out the motorcycle which has got the smallest tank. Like in our case, it's going to be the Duke 390. Ranjan's mm. going to be riding your motorcycle. Mm. And you say that your tank capacity, I think a safe, um, you know, a safe kilometer or safe, safe auto reading would be, a trip reading would be 180 kilometers. Mm. You still have some capacity or some fuel uh, left yeah. in the tank, but yeah. I think 180 would be a safe cutoff. Yeah. So I think 180 is when everybody should be able to make it to that distance and then pull into a fuel station. Yeah. So I think figure out what, which bike has got the smallest fuel tank capacity in your group. Um, you know, 180 for us is going to be a cutoff number. It's when I see 180 is when I'll, 
pull into a fuel bunk yeah also anand has a simpler rule for this anand yeah. says that if you're riding with experienced riders yeah. and you want to spend 2 hours in the saddle mm. not a huge challenge uh, but as people with less and less experience get on motorcycles at an hour and a half they're beginning to wear out wear their out. energies yeah, yeah, yeah. so you need to give them a refresh let's use that productively let's stop for a chai yeah if there is a chai and a fuel station next to it let's do both yeah. so you have to figure this part out but you have to figure out where the energy level is at mm-hmm. so uh if you and i were riding together like we did hyderabad i don't stop anymore because my yeah. stamina level on a motorcycle given the number of miles i put down every yeah. year is about 3 3 and a half hours in the saddle mm. so i will effectively go from one tankful to another tankful on the ducati before i need to stop yeah i think that is what we did during the hyderabad ride as well and to me i was very happy to see that you kept up with that very <laughs> yeah, easily yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah. but if i had started to discover that about 2 hours in or say 220 kilometers in you're beginning to look like your riding is becoming a little bit less smooth mm. we just pull off yeah. take a 5 minute break yeah. like you remember on the way back we did stop at some point i think it was a pee break or something Uh, just yeah. before the bad section oh the, yeah, 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 yeah. we the just stopped, go, yeah, like, yeah. for 5 minutes we stopped yeah. but that 5 minute stop is a huge refresh it 100%. just totally resets gets your gets all the bum uh, muscles yeah. like, fresh blood yeah. you stretch your legs a little bit move yeah. around and that's all you need yeah. it has to be done that fast so yeah. you're like walk around like walk to the end of the roof come back get on my bike and let's go yeah. yeah and by this point you want people to be in tune right i had we had one rider uh, who there's no point naming him he would take off all his gear at the first sign of trouble Hmm. You said uh, we'll stop there, and he's like, "We," and all his riding gear is <laughs> off. And you're like, "Bro, we literally stopped to yeah. fill that guy's hydro pack." Yeah, it's okay. I'll get dressed again, and then struggling into gloves, struggling into yeah. jacket, put on the this thing, this thing, yeah. this thing. He's taken ten minutes of what was a five yeah. minute stop. Yeah, I think it's not going to be annoying in the first go. Is when it happens multiple times. Yeah. Across- on like a 10 hour long you know long yeah. trip is when it starts to really get yeah you. so on on the croatia tour with the adriatic guys yeah. i was riding with a completely unknown bunch of people except for anand right yeah. and my plan was i will always be the first guy to be ready to leave hmm i may not succeed at this i might be the third guy who's ready to leave but i will not be the 15th guy who's ready to leave so at no point should the group think this idiot shumi yaar he's always making us wait hmm i will not be that guy i will not be that guy because the delays take away from the time you can spend on the road right so there was one day where we came up on this incredibly good looking road we were late anyway for other reasons that day but it was incredibly good looking mm-hmm. and the guide realized that we were being affected by the scenery and he just backed the really right so uh-huh. we are going through this narrow mountain road going maybe 10 15 20 kmph looking here and looking here it was fine because our stops were super efficient that day and we had the luxury of being able to do that wow awesome had we wasted time at our tea stop and our chai stop yeah. and the pee stop and the bio break and all of this we would just not be able to do it yeah so my message for group riding is you guys are good riders when you work on your own already yep. most of the cases right be considerate to the fact that other people are not expecting groups of 18 19 20 people coming fast mm-hmm. the sports by guys are the worst because they want to do 200 together i mean that's just stupid mm. yeah be considerate to people around you motorcycles going by that fast with loud exhausts and you're the specialist on that mm. uh, loud exhaust uh, people with loud exhaust going past at like that at least it's still on the motorcycle it scares people <laughs> yeah it does yeah so you want to be considerate just close the gas as you go past them the volume level drops drastically mm-hmm. yeah don't increase the shock reduce it mm. a b be nice because they have to deal with other motorcyclists eventually 100%. if not today tomorrow if not tomorrow the day after that three when you're in a group give yourself space if you're uncomfortable move positions until you're comfortable you don't want your friend to go into the back of your motorcycle hmm. and you certainly don't want to ram your friend's motorcycle hmm. i mean that's <laughs> not how friendship works <laughs> yeah yeah sure. so 
give yourself space be nice and when you are at a stop remember everybody is also trying to get to the destination with as little energy consumed as possible so you don't want to be the guy who's ordered rajma and is still in the pressure cooker while everybody's yeah, finished yeah. their sandwiches <laughs> and they're ready to leave yeah 100% so, yeah so it's it's a process of trying to make this as efficient as possible and usually it takes a few outings before you settle into that pattern yeah. but once you do groups that move quickly and efficient and i met a few yeah, they are incredible more. to watch yeah. because there's just all the fun all the selfies all the cigarette breaks all the bio breaks all the food breaks and not a minute is wasted, wasted. Yeah, yeah yeah and that's brilliant that's yeah. exactly how it should be yeah i think a good way to conclude this uh, podcast as well would be this fact that we are riding to india bike week we are on say i think about 10 to 12 motorcycles we still have a backup of about 6 cars mm. um usually one of the cars will serve as a backup van or a backup car or something like that but there have been cases where a rider has to serve as a backup car mm. of sorts because you're carrying all the tools you're carrying your med kit stuff like that mm. is there something that uh, can be done to make make this easier yeah i would say for example not everybody needs a toolkit yeah. i mean you need to have in a group of 12 14 motorcycles mm. maybe one toolkit spread over two bikes yeah something like that yeah, yeah. Uh, you need to carry water per person somebody might have a slightly large hydro pack and he needs to ensure his is always full so there's some overflow water available to somebody who runs out um similarly uh it's good to have a little bit of dry fruits or something on you so if you get packaged in the middle of nowhere you're waiting for the group to catch up to you or something you have something to quickly reach into the bag yep. and put into your mouth yep uh medical kits are super important i Every, think everyone should have it everybody should have at least the basic kit yep. and somebody should have something slightly more comprehensive yeah yeah i think that pretty much covers our podcast for today in terms of group riding india bike week is around the corner we will see you at india bike week i don't know if we have something to showcase the pd army on the 6th uh but yeah we'll try getting something for you guys we have some stage time we have some really cool t-shirts we have some really cool jerseys that you will find at 100 kmph and if you spot one of us in a jersey you can come up to us talk about motorcycles talk about power riff we'll be more than happy to hear you guys more than happy to have a chat with you guys but i think ibw is going to happen in the next couple of days this podcast hopefully goes live to tomorrow <laughs> uh, but yeah stay safe stay hydrated and uh, yep it's going to be goodbye from me goodbye from shumi yeah and we do have one surprise for you at india bike week we're going to reveal a completely new varun painter there and he will see you later